Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today we've got a great story of a mother-in-law trying to make people jealous, but ends up the jealous one herself. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, maybe don't post about wanting to torture baby animals and not expect for there not to be repercussions? My friend sent me an Instagram reel about a very cute baby monkey, one of those stereotypical ones with cheesy music in the background. To preface, there's an alarming amount of monkey hate on the internet. It's this weird phenomenon where people often get very, very violent with their hatred of them. I encountered such a person in the comments. This lady, not a bot, was spamming countless comments basically detailing very graphically how much she wanted to end the monkey in the video. She also went into a very strange amount of detail as to how much she hated the fact that they were unable to take care of themselves, that they made a mess everywhere, and were too needy. Eventually, after I scrolled through the comments more, it got to the point where she was confessing to fantasizing about bashing their skulls in and such. Weird stuff, and it was also specifically targeted. Of course, I commented against her, like many others, out of both disgust and curiosity as to what she would respond with. As expected, a lot of hate, rude comments, and downright disturbing phrases. She got off track of the baby monkeys and began insulting me personally over the fact that I was a disgusting monkey runt lover. So at this point, I was pretty annoyed. On impulse, I searched her name in her Instagram bio up online and found her Facebook page. Facebook allows users to list their current place of employment. I found out she works in an elderly residential facility. Yeah, a lot of her hate towards baby monkeys not being able to take care of themselves made a lot more sense, and I honestly was beginning to worry for the residents in her care. Her employers had a Facebook page for their building. I took screenshots of all her comments, including her profile, and used a messenger to send them to the care home. At this point, it wasn't even just about the animal abuse or her gross comments towards me. Someone who talks about torturing defenseless animals like this shouldn't be working around the elderly. Well, they read my message. No response, obviously. And then her Instagram page disappeared, along with all of her comments. I checked back a few hours later, and she had no longer listed herself as employed at the care facility on her Facebook page. Eat crap. I don't know if she got fired or she went into hiding, but I think we can agree she deserved to lose that job. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, bothered by men's health awareness? Get branded a transphobe. A co-worker had recently passed, and the whole department was called for a talk on men's mental health. Our work is a high-stress and high-stakes environment. The men were given a piece of chocolate and a pamphlet containing mental health resources and crisis hotlines. Most everyone thought this was a kind gesture, except for one coworker. She was very vocal about her opinion that men were responsible for them ending things, and that women were often the victims of male mental issues. We can call her Susan. No one wanted to contest Susan, partly because she was in HR, partly because it was the end of our shift. But I couldn't keep it in. 
Our co-worker that had lost their lives was a trans man, let's call him Jim. He came out to us and everyone at work was super supportive of his transition. The news hadn't reached Susan, however. I myself wasn't super close to Jim, we'd gone for a beer a few times, but I was notified by his sister who had sent a message to his most recent contacts. As Susan was finished ranting, I called her a transpho. She turned around and was all, excuse me, how dare you? I told her that she was only talking crap because she didn't like the fact that Jim was trans and was a bigot. I accused her of celebrating Jim's death, and Susan tried justifying herself by saying that she, Susan misgendered Jim like three times, was actually a victim of internalized misogyny. And at this point, everyone at the table told her to sit the freak down and shut up. Rest in power, Jim. I hope you don't mind me using your death to put Susan in her place. I know you didn't like her much either. I just think you're a total piece of work if you're trying to explain away why somebody did such a thing the way Susan did here. Our next story is what I did when I caught him with another girl. Petty revenge? I'll date myself. Some years ago, I was going steady with a boy, had his senior ring. We were on the phone one day, the old, do you want to do something tonight? He says no, and I'm like, cool, think I'll just stay home too. Well, I decided not to stay home. I went to the cowboy dance hall that we hung out at 30 minutes away, walked in, and lo and behold, not only was he there, he was with another girl. I marched right over to their table, the oh crap look on his face was priceless, dropped his ring on said table in front of the girl and told her, I reckon you need this more than I do. Turned around and commenced to dance with just about every guy in the place, then started all over again, never once looking at him or them. Felt absolutely great. Lived in small town Texas where the guys would go to the next town over to cheat. Never could understand why females would get mad at the other girl when she had no way of knowing he had a girlfriend. Time to two-step right out of that relationship. This next story is how I punished my college bully via email listserv. I lost my virginity to this guy within my first week or so of college. His friend, we'll call her Anna, who lived across the hall from him, found out about it and proceeded to go into his room and put a bunch of inappropriate sticky notes all over his bed about me while he was gone. When we came back to the room, I saw them. I was mortified but was already plotting my petty revenge. My school's extracurricular email listserv software is notorious for being extremely difficult to unsubscribe from. So during the extracurricular fair, I went and signed her up for every single club, ranging from recreational tennis to BDSM. It ain't much, but it's honest work. Our next story is... POS landlord. Had a couple of instances of landlords stealing packages, so I sent a package full of used cat litter to myself. Postal tracking engaged. Wrote on the package, happy holidays. Three different colored duct tape sealing the package so it was definitely tamper proof. Videoed the whole process on my phone for evidence. Supposed to be delivered tomorrow, but I'm gonna give it a couple of days to really grind on her as to what's in it. I know she won't be able to resist when she does. Federal mail charges. Most creative and legal way I could think to deal with the problem. I just wonder what their living situation is like if the landlord can come over and steal packages all the time. This next story is, Bully has to retake senior year. Context, I was a nerdy kid during high school and made very few friends even though I sat near some pretty sociable people in most of my classes. I never clicked socially, but I did make a solid few bucks off of doing people's essays or calculus homework. 
Now, Timmy was a bigger guy, roughly 250 pounds and on the wrestling team. During his freshman year, he got in the JV football team and led the team to victory. The football team tolerated him, but he was very prideful in himself. Timmy wasn't that smart, barely passing his classes, and even the easier classes couldn't keep him up to par for graduation. All of this leads up to him coming to me to do a majority of his schoolwork so he could focus on wrestling and being back up for the football team. Timmy decided one week to slack off on payments, saying he would pay when he gets his paycheck next week. But he then proceeded to distance between me, only making sure I was doing his work and acting all dumb when asked about when I'd be paid. He ended up having one of his friends go and make sure I was getting his work done, but still no money. One thing I didn't mention was that Timmy gave me all of his school information to use in the library for anything digital, which would be a key role in getting back at him for not paying me for the work. Fourth quarter rolled around and I was still being pushed around. I proceeded to delete all of his digital work and email various teachers using many profanities in order to get him suspended or written up for a few days, lagging him behind. Additionally, I stopped doing his work for him finally and stuck to the crowds I typically sat near during most classes. When he finally arrived back, he tried to explain to the teachers what happened, but since I was closer to a teacher's pet in their eyes than a teenager who would go out of their way to ruin another student's career, they shoved it off and sent him to detention for not confessing to the various things I did on his account. His grades were failing, his year average had set him in a horrible standing of a 2.5 GPA, mainly because he had a good average from earlier parts of the year and so forth, but he couldn't attend colleges that supported his wrestling and football talents, and he had to begin working two jobs in order to pay for community college and an apartment after his parents kicked him out. They must not have been that great at wrestling because I feel like there's plenty of colleges that would make it work regardless of academics. Our next story is Accidental Petty Revenge on X. I decided to go to homecoming with my friends because I thought it would be really fun. I bought a two-piece homecoming fit a couple of weeks beforehand and showed it off to one of my friends. This friend proceeded to tell me that this girl was not very favored in our school for personal reasons and was going to wear the same thing. I told her there was no way I wanted to go to homecoming matching with her, so she suggested I try on her old homecoming dress. It fit pretty well and I fell in love with it immediately, so I went with it. Fast forward to homecoming, I walk in with my friend, we turn in our tickets and put glow sticks on our wrists. We're chatting up our friend group in the corner when one of my friends points out my ex and his new girlfriend, my ex-best friend, had arrived. Being the sweetheart she was, ex-best friend came up to me and gave me a big hug, giving me quite a fake, it's so nice to see you. My ex, ex ex-best friend, and the entirety of my friend group watched as we hugged, and came to the realization that we were wearing the exact same dress. My ex got all mad about it, talking crap to his new girlfriend and friends about how she did that on purpose because she wanted to make you look bad, blah blah blah. I just found it rather funny. The best part was later, during one of the slow dances, a guy that my ex considered to be his exaggerated, mortal enemy came up to me and asked if he could dance with me. I accepted his offer. All the while, my ex looked up from his perfect girlfriend to watch my new love story unfold. The jealousy that burned in his eyes keeps me going every day and made the dance all the more better.
This next story is, kid insults my eyebrows, he meets browser. I'm from the UK, and my school functions a bit differently to other schools in the region. It's a private school, and we get two short holidays, about two to three weeks, and two long holidays, two months or so, after every school term. This takes place before our big winter holiday. The antagonist of our story will not be name-dropped, so we'll call him Ego Biggins. He's your classic year 7-9 high schooler who bullies people for a reaction and soaks up any validation he can get from his pack of equally smooth-brained friends. Also to mention, he's one of those kids who says, I'm Asian, but I hate Asian people, and who thinks he can get away with racism just because he's not white. You would know what I'm talking about if you've met the type of guy. Anyhow, on to the story. I'm a 14-something kid now, and if you spend more than 5 minutes around me, it would become very obvious that I'm on the autism spectrum. I've never been the best at masking, it just wastes too much energy. Now, if you've met a boy like Ego Biggins in your life before, you would know his type love to get a reaction out of autistic people, and loves to pick at their vulnerabilities when it comes to social cues. Picture this, Ego's on his procrastination stroll around the art class, seeing who his next victim could be. He starts picking on the kid sat next to me, saying how his artwork had the colors of the Romanian flag. Like it was a bad thing? I could never be able to put myself in the shoes of kids like this guy. I just tell the nice kids next to me to ignore him, because Ego's diet consists of internalized insecurities and reactions from other kids. Seeing that I knew how his quote on humor worked, he decided to find a different group of kids to pick at. Later in our lesson, I was finishing up on my Andy Warhol and Roy Lichtenstein-inspired piece. I could ramble on and on about all different types of pop art and what a big movement it was. Ego Biggins toddles my way once again. He's singing a song, awfully may I add, that was along the lines of, I wish I knew you wanted me, over and over again. My friend and I made a joke about how nobody would want him if he kept singing like that. Ego Biggins probably heard this and told us to shut up and made comments toward my friend's art once again. So I said in return, I know what you're like, Ego. You only say crap like that to get a reaction out of people. It's kind of sad, honestly. Then he did something that I would never let slide. Made it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A joke about my eyebrows. My eyebrows are a big part of me metaphorically and physically. They're pretty large, but I would never be ashamed of my little face pals. 
Growing up in the UK in the mid to late 2000s, you would know that thin eyebrows were a huge fad. And if you had thick eyebrows like I did, you were ugly and horrendous looking. The trend died down very quickly, but I was still left with a lot of body and facial issues because of it. Both me and my older brother had thick eyebrows growing up, special thanks to our dad. And at one point, my brother shaved off half of his eyebrows because kids at school made fun of them. We were probably 8 and 7 at the time too, which just made it worse. Ever since then, I was taught to love and cherish my thick eyebrows by my parents, and should never be ashamed of them. And even later, thick eyebrows became a trend, and everyone dreamed of having my bushy boys once again. One point on the scoreboard for humans being way too confusing, I try to be the friend that you can go to when crap just happens. I've had a fair share of bad experiences myself. So I know what it's like when you just need a person to talk to. If I had 20 pence for every time one of my friends came up to me to crap talk and gossip about ego biggins, in the wise words of Victorious, you'd be here and I'd be on a yacht. Let's just say he wasn't very well liked and would just try to stick with his stuck up buddies. Knowing a lot of things about ego biggins, I decide the next time he tried something, I would give him exactly what he wanted, a reaction. And so he did. He took a blow at one of my friends, and I went off. Oh my freaking god, Ego Biggins, you are so annoying. No wonder why everyone talks about you behind your back. His big shot character broke away for a split second, and you could tell he was not ready for what I said, but I just kept going. All you do is crave support from people who don't even want you here. What I said got a chuckle from some kids in the class, and some even agreed that he should just sit down and continue his work like the rest of us. No wonder why even your friends talk about you behind your back, I repeated. In real life, there were probably a lot more stutters and murmurs than I written out, but I got my point across. He stammered and looked around at his friends, who were just as stumped as he was. He responded with a whatever and a sarcastic that was really hurtful. I'm going to tell the teacher. I could tell he didn't know what else to say. I've dealt with kids like him, and a sarcastic, that really hurt, is their last retort. It's always so pathetic. I felt really accomplished for some reason, like all the people that had hurt me were in that room, and I gave them what I bottled up for years. After that, he didn't bother me for the rest of the lesson, but I knew I knocked at his insecurities, and he was pissed that I knew how to dig under his skin. I think my art class next year will be a lot more peaceful. The moral of the story, insult the browse and meet browser. The cheap Mario knockoff made of 40% bottled up anger and 60% thick eyebrow hair. But seriously, if there's one person you do not want to be during high school, it's ego biggins. If you find yourself slipping into a rabbit hole where you bully for attention, just do something nice for someone. Even if it's as small as holding a door open, I guarantee that validating feeling will course through your veins, and it'll make you feel amazing. And Ego Baggins, if you're reading this, you're what's wrong with the world. Knock it the freak off. But if you're not Ego Baggins, I hope you enjoyed my story, and I hope you have a wonderful day. I just wonder if it's something in Ego Baggins' home life. I feel like most people don't get to that point without having experienced something while growing up. Our next story is, mother-in-law tried to make us jealous, but ended up getting jealous herself. Mother-in-law has always been bitter that I took her son away from her. She's the queen of nagging and I'm often her number one target. She loves to make me jealous. 
send pictures of her new cars, sends pictures of her new house, sends pictures of her designer handbags, etc., saying, Isn't it great I can afford all this? Mother-in-law didn't invite us on vacation last summer. She invited and paid for her other son, his girlfriend, and the girlfriend's sister to go. She bought them designer souvenirs and sent us pictures every day of their vacation captioned, I bet you're so jealous. Not three months after she excluded us from her vacation, my parents invited us on their vacation. We accepted. Mother-in-law was furious. Jealousy is not a good look on her. She threw a tantrum saying that she was losing her little boy and that she wanted to be the best mom in the world. She was so jealous that my mother was getting more attention than her. She cried about how she never sees us and how we've always shown blatant favoritism towards my parents. The best bit of all this? It was at this moment significant other decided to tell her that we're moving five hours away to my parents' city. You'll never win with somebody like this. They want to be the best mom ever and they're so jealous, but they specifically choose not to invite you to stuff. That said, our final story of the day is, I kicked my ex-friend out of her group. I'm a 22-year-old guy and the one I'll be talking about is a 17-year-old female who I'll refer to her as Jane in this post. Due to physical and mental health issues, I had to quit my studies for 4 years since I was 17 years old. For context, a normal flu could get me lying on the bed for 2 weeks. All these years I've been going in and out of the hospital, therefore I've accumulated up to $100,000 of hospital fees. After 4 years of being at home, I feel like I was nursed well enough to continue my studies as well as get a part-time job as a waiter at a restaurant to pay off the debts. Through relationships of my parents with a church, I was able to be enrolled to a Christian school. I was allowed to study in a classroom of 17-year-old students. Due to the pandemic, my first term's classes have to be conducted online. Jane is the outgoing popular girl in the school. She grew fond of me and we've been chatting. We get to know each other through texting. We haven't yet known each other for long, but Jane requested for us to call instead of chatting, and then it escalated into a video call which could last for hours. Honestly, I wasn't comfortable with her calling me, not to mention video calls. It just feels like everything happened too fast. She would spam me for a voice or video call. If I rejected, she would then send me a barrage of texts, giving me a feeling like she wanted me to reply to her immediately. I simply don't have time to attend to her 6-hour chat session, but I was an idiot. I didn't know how to properly handle things due to the lack of social interaction throughout the years, so I reluctantly responded to her here and there. Fast forward to New Year's Eve, I was on my way to the beach for a vacation with my family. I received a message from Jane's male friend to play a prank on her by telling her I was gay and that I was in love with that friend. Jane did not take that prank well. She sliced her arm and posted it on Instagram. I wasn't very active on social networks at that time, so I didn't notice what had happened until the friend had frantically chatted me. I then went and consoled her, calmed her down, and proposed to take her to the hospital to see a psychiatrist after the holiday. I accompany her to the psychiatrist after the holiday. She got diagnosed with bipolar 1. Since her diagnosis, she became very advocative about mental health issues and seemed like she's bragging about her new status to her friends. She would do the same thing as before, take pictures of it and post it online several times, singing and tagging the scars to your beautiful song. We have to constantly give her attention to keep her from doing so again. 
time goes and I feel like she grew more and more toxic. If I were to chat with other girls to discuss her homework, she would throw a tantrum, throw things across the classroom, attempt to do the same thing as before in front of the class. We have to give her more attention. She kept calling and texting me to the point that I myself got depressed. I couldn't get anything done. The calls and chats would last around 6 hours. If I were to call a stop to it, she would reply, then please reply to me at so and so period. Her texts are sometimes hostile, berating me for not giving her enough attention. I was so depressed that my studies are declining so I blocked her. But when I go to school the next morning, she'll then use her friends to surround me into unblocking her. Even when I was in class doing my own thing reading books. She would come to me and demand to look her in the eye when talking to her or she'll berate me again. The harassment doesn't stop there. She would even go to lengths to find me at my workplace. The blocking and unblocking went on several times. She was clearly obsessed with me. I am so stressed out. She began to hold my hand in class even after I declined, hugged me in front of everyone after I said no, and if I wasn't hugging her back, she would sit in my lap with grotesque poses and hug me. Let your wildest imagination go on. I got a disciplinary letter because of it. Hugging a female student on school grounds, even though I never go near her desk other than to stop her from doing stuff to herself. To say I was traumatized was an understatement. I ran and hid behind the teacher, but the teacher did absolutely nothing. They all thought we were playing. I was yelling stop it and no. So it's one of the many reasons I don't go to school anymore. Well, she also doesn't go to school shortly after my absence. She was expelled for having been caught on video by younger students in a classroom hooking up with another guy. I'm just so over this. Given my age of 22 and a male, this is all just too terrifying. So the last incident that broke the camel's back, it was on a Saturday. She wrote love letters to me, even after multiple times of me explaining to her that I'm not into a relationship. Not to mention that a relationship with two mentally ill people just wouldn't work. I didn't respond to her immediately due to me working my butt off. She then did the same thing to her arm again, and her mother let me know through text and was asking what's between the two of us. I just send her screenshots of our messages and tell her that I'm not interested to be in a relationship with her daughter, thus rejecting her. 8pm after my work, I look at my phone and see texts and call notifications from Jane asking why and what did her mother call me for. I told her her mother informed me of everything that's been going on and I confronted her about the situation and she just said that I was only testing my new makeup. You know, Halloween's around the corner, that's why. I didn't hurt myself, my mother just got it all wrong. I then explained the situation to her mother and asked the mother to check up on her makeup again. Affirmative. I confronted Jane about her lie and she began to hyperventilate complaining about a fever, irregular heartbeat and dizziness. She told me she accidentally overdosed on medications thinking they were vitamins. Instead of taking one pill a day as prescribed by the doctor, she took six, which is a whole tray of medication. I grew frantic and gave her first aid knowledge and told her to get her mom. She says my mom isn't home. I say BS, your mother just checked on you. She says my mother's sleeping. I say are you kidding me right now? You're in a life or death situation and you're afraid of waking your mother up? You've been lying to me all this time. I don't know whether or not to trust you. If you don't put your mother on the line now, I dare you to dare me. I'll call the ambulance along with the police. She lives with a single mom. 
She put her mom on, who was awake, on the phone. We exchanged information, and the mom fed her milk, saying, It's only a small matter. No need to call the police. The milk will help her with intoxication. I advised and offered to bring her to see a psychiatrist again the next day for a possible organ damage checkup and mental evaluation. They agreed. Since she was going to the hospital on Sunday, I have to call the hospital to inform the on-call doctor to see Jane. The next day at the hospital, Jane tries to hold my hand again and struck up a conversation, but I just answered with a single word response. I'm simply seething, tired now, want nothing to do with her but to get things over with. She says, you know, I feel much better now, I swear I won't pull that kind of stunt again. I'm silent, scrolling through Instagram, getting no better response from me. She then began to hyperventilate and all of the symptoms the night before comes back again with more dramatic expressions. Huff, huff, I can't breathe, help! I say we are at help. The doctor's office is literally in front of you. She was led into the doctor's office shortly after, and I ditched her alone at the hospital, feeling extremely exhausted, and took a nap before going to work, but not without blocking her and her friends again. Fast forward to another two days, she suddenly appeared behind me when I was working, scrubbing chairs for the closing night shift. Seeing her again almost made me go nuts. She explained to me that after I've blocked her, she cried a lot, and the nurses and doctors had to surround her and give her all the attention. The doctors gave her the diagnosis of BPD, thus more bragging about her diagnosis. She said, you know, BPD is the most painful mental disorder. I was offended because she was comparing mental disorders. By saying BPD is the most painful mental disorder, did she now disregard the pain of other mental disorders? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 